This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hello and welcome to the Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup edition with me, Rob Daly. We're looking ahead to match day two and groups A to D at the World Cup. The second round of games, if you like, in this season's group stage. With me from unabated.com is Tom Viola. Tom, great to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm so excited, especially because we got some big matches coming up. We certainly do. England against uh, the United States, of course, the main one. And believe me, we're going to get to that with me. Uh, it's one of my pals from the French show, James Easton. James, great to see you. Yeah, you too, Rob. Um, yeah, echoing what Tom said there. Great, great World Cup so far. Great picks. And um, yeah, France, uh, England, Wales, lots of lots of games to look forward to in the show. OK, so James, starting with you, before we get into the five picks that we've got, three each, which teams impressed you and why? England have impressed me uh, probably the most so far. And uh, my thinking there, which we'll come on to when we discuss their game against the USA later, is just the depth that we saw from their squad, the way that Southgate was able to bring players on and maintain a good level uh, all the way to the end of that game. I do think that will be a big factor for England in this tournament. So I'd say England so far. It's obviously early days, but yeah, I think they've they've made a strong start. What about you, Tom? Who do you like so far? It's early. We get, not everyone's played yet by the time Brazil haven't played yet. So um, yeah. by the time we're recording. Yeah, we still haven't seen a couple of the favorites here. We obviously saw Argentina, which would be on the opposite end of that spectrum for me. But for me, I've got to pick France so far. They were a team that I was looking to fade going into this World Cup. Of course, you've got Le Patern. You've got the infamous uh, fact that it is very hard for teams who have already won a World Cup to come out and really impress in a follow-up showing to defend their title. And you throw on top of all that, no N'Golo Conte, the massive amount of injuries that they've racked up now, no Pogba, all of the locker room strife that they had going on. Frankly, I think that Kareem Benzema being out for this team might actually help them a little. I know it's crazy to say, I think Olivia Giroud just fits up top better in this system that they want to play here. And the fact that they were able to come back from down versus Australia, kept their composure, won that game very handily. I, I've got to pick France as my team that has really impressed me so far. They look every bit ready to go back and defend their title. And we're going to get to France uh, a little bit later on because they played Denmark in what is one of the standout games really of match day two. But let's start with this one then on Friday, England versus uh, 
the USA. Um, of course, it is a famous World Cup upset going back to 1950 mm. when the United States beat England by one goal to nil. Some would argue the uh, greatest uh, World Cup upset ever. Sides last met in 2010 edition of the competition. And uh, famous, I'm sure you remember, James, Rob Green era, allowing Clint Dempsey mm. to, to equalise in that game after Gerard's opener. Um, let's start with you then here, Tom. Give me a pick and your thoughts as to why this is what you're going for. Well, I mean, I'm simply looking at this game and look, I first off, I feel very much like Ted Lasso here. I'm the one with the accent on this show right now. <laughs> but I, look, taking off the glasses here, I, I, I have to acknowledge the fact that the price just feels very wrong on this game. USA at plus 550 right now. I, I don't think that that line is where it should be. I'm looking... On the show, personally, I have a USA money line ticket. I fully believe that we have the horses to get this game done. I think that some of what you have to toss out with Wales is what the United States has struggled with all through qualifying and CONCACAF, and that is teams that bunker down, teams that like to put 11 in front of the ball and make you break them down. The U.S. hasn't quite figured out how to go around them just yet. They keep trying to pass the ball around them. They can't figure out how to go through them, and that's been a real bugaboo for this team so far. But this game isn't going to be like that. This is going to be a much more open game. And the U.S.'s talent in the midfield is still just as good as anyone out there, including England, I'd argue. That MMA midfield, Oof. when you have McKenney, Musa, and, and Adams back there, those three players can really be the linchpins to control possession and help this U.S. team. I'll tell you, through that first half against Wales, that's the best I've ever seen this team look. It wasn't the old United States way of say, of saying we're going to – go and play the long ball and try and just try and beat you on the counterattack and do what we have to do against superior teams. It was a team saying we belong here. We belong as one of the better teams in this tournament who should be bossing around a weaker opponent. Then of course, Burhalter ball kicks in because they score the goal right before the half. They come out in the second half and just completely stop playing in the style that won them the first half and got them their goal. And then Walker Zimmerman has that foul and we know how that game went. But I think that this is going to be a much more open game and I think that England's defense is really going to have some problems with the speed that the United States is going to be able to present on the outside. I think that we see Gio Reyna in this game. I think Burhalter was saving him for this spot. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up starting. I like the lineup that he put out in the first game. I like what Tim Ream has been able to do in the back for this team. Walker Zimmerman is the only question mark that I really have there. I, as far as for the show, I'm looking at the USA plus one minus 120 is one of my picks because you, you have a little bit of an edge here. I think that this price is still a little bit inflated in favor of England. And I'm able to pick up a, a slight bit of house edge uh, uh, against the against the book going with the US plus that goal. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect. Yeah, I'm actually going on the opposite pick here, Rob. Um, so Tom and I are opposed on this. I'm going to England, England minus one on the Asian handicap here at minus 108. Um, I think there's a big difference actually in quality here. I think I think that across the 11 that's going to start for England and the 11 that's going to start for the States over the, I was going to say over the 90 minutes, over the 110 minutes of the game, <laughs> as it might well be, I do think it will play out in England's favour. And I'm not actually sure this will be an open match because my, my thinking there is that England are in the box seats here. They've got three points on the board. And actually, England are not, despite what we saw the other day in their opening match, they're not actually a team that have played particularly open football. 
under Southgate. So I think the fact that they can, you know, they could draw this game and still be in a good position in the group. They're not going to play for a draw. They're going to play for a win. But if you think back to Euro 2020 and how England played, they were quite happy to sit tight for the first half and even deeper than that in some of their matches. So I think Southgate's got an interesting dilemma here about how to set England up. Will he go gung-ho and make this an open game knowing that maybe that will suit the States? Or will he play it a little bit differently? I, I think he might be a little bit cute here and play it differently. And for me, I think it's, it's, it's a basic question of quality. I think over the 90 minutes, uh, I think England will be fine. And I think the quality that they can bring on to freshen things up if they need to, the drop-off between the starters and the second-tier players, I don't think is particularly big. I'm thinking there are Jack Grealish, um, Phil Foden, Rashford, and I do think it's significant that those players were impactful and have already got themselves in a position in this tournament where they've been decisive. I think that will mean that they go into this game feeling ready, feeling fresh, and almost expecting to come on and expecting to impact the game. And I think we'll see them come on at some stage. So I think however England play it, I think over the 90 minutes or however long the game is, I think they'll have enough quality to to get the win that they'll obviously look for. You might only get your stakes back here because it might be a close game, but with the Asian handicap uh, line that I picked here, England minus 1.0, it's essentially a way of backing England to get the three points over the 90 minutes. If they do win uh, just by a single goal, then you'll get your stakes back. If they go on to win by two or more goals, which is possible given the quality that I think they can bring on, then you'll make a profit. So really, if you think England will in some way get three points, obviously they're a very short price to win the match and probably too short for anybody who's dispassionately looking at the game to, to fancy that. This is a good way to do it because, as I say, you'll get your stakes back if they win by, by a single goal, no harm done. If they do push on and they do manage to, to win by more than that, then you'll make a profit. In terms of the team news for this one, um... There are obviously some issues for England. Uh, James Madison still hasn't trained, I don't think, with that knee injury. Um, yeah. Raheem Sterling picked up a knot the other day. Uh, Harry Maguire did. I thought he was actually very good on his return to the to the starting eleven. Callum Wilson's training is being managed. I don't think he trained yesterday as a, essentially the backup striker. And Kane's the big issue. Ankle injury, seen with oh. light strapping the other day, having this uh, much discussed scan on the on the injury. If he doesn't feature. James, would you be worried about your pick? And 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 if Kane doesn't start, who would start up front? Do you think? If he, if he doesn't start, uh, the short answer to that is yes. I would be tempted to leave this alone. Actually, I, he's such a huge player. Obviously, the goals we know all about. But you could see in that first game, yes, against weaker opponents than England will face here. But he's so crucial to the way England play. Reading a lot of the foreign press after the England game. There's so much focus on how much Kane brings to the side as a footballer. And he's been mm. so important for so long. So question of who would start? Well, in theory, maybe Callum Wilson, if if he's a problem as well, fitness-wise. Marcus Rashford. Again, Rashford's not a player we've ever really seen over any length of time impress for England. In a central role, Raheem Sterling can can possibly play as a, as a false nine. I think when you look at England's squad, I think Southgate got his squad selection right. And I think the variety um, that the front players can bring to this team is, is really impressive. You've got a lot of players there who can play different systems, can play in different positions. Um, so I don't think there'd be a problem tactically if Kane is out. 
with Southgate being able to select a side that lines up in the shape that he wants. I think it's purely a question of quality. Yeah, the loss of Kane is is significant. Is he is he one of the most important players in the tournament? You could argue no, because obviously England have got other good players, but he's up there because so much hangs on him up front. So yeah, you know, I added a note here to say that with my pick on this, if Kane isn't playing, I, I would probably leave this game alone. Uh, I think okay. that, you know, the difference he makes to England is significant. And I say that, you know, with a lot of faith in some of the other attackers that England have got available, but he's he's such a crucial component really to the way that the way that everything operates in the opposition half, I would say. I don't think Phil Foden is a false nine either is impossible. I think it's unlikely. But I don't True. given how much yeah. he played that for City last season, I don't think that's impossible. Um, Tom, you're very optimistic. You, you gave yeah, I, a, comp- a compelling case. One shot on target the other night, though, against against Wales, and there was that second half, not collapse, but certainly drop off in the in the second half. Has James not got you worried there by listing all those fantastic England forwards? No, uh, quite frankly, I don't <laughs> think so. I like look. I like the defensive backs we have in Sergino Dest and Anthony Robinson for sure. The center backs are definitely the problem. I will forever hate the Atlanta Falcons and their terrible field turf for being the reason we don't get my guy, Miles Robinson back there at the center back spot. Syracuse guy, just like me uh, would have loved to see him playing at a world cup, but I've seen this team with their backs up against the wall and I've seen them in that underdog role and they thrive in that spot here. I think that that's something that's going to actually bring a little bit of the pressure that they had in that Wales game. First world cup game in eight years, the pressure for them to succeed here. They're not going to have that same mentality going into this one. They're going to have that underdog mentality that helped them so much in the nation's league against Mexico in the gold cup against Mexico, which was here in Las Vegas. I went to that game, saw miles Robinson actually score the winner in extra time there. And this team is familiar with the pressure spots. They're familiar with playing from uh, playing against a team that is seen as uh, in terms of quality better than them. And they've been able to get the results when they needed to so far through every test that this young squad has had. They have a mental fortitude about them that I don't think we normally see out of a roster this young. And like you said, Harry Kane being out, I think, could play a really big piece of this puzzle. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's the United States versus England in the World Cup. You haven't gotten the best of us yet. I don't think that it's going to happen here. (laughs) I think it is actually this time. But um, we'll wait and see. What a game. Friday night, Group B, England versus the United States. Let's stay in that group then and move on to Wales versus Iran. Iran, of course, on the receiving end of that 6-2 defeat to, to uh, England. And Wales fought back to draw with the with the US the other night after Gareth Bale's fabulous penalty. This also Friday. This also Group B. James, is your, your pick. Let's have that. And Tom, you can pick up your thoughts off the back. Yeah, my pick on this game, Rob, is uh, for the match to have two or more goals, which is available at minus 116. So if the game has exactly two goals, you'll get your stakes back. And if it has three or more goals, then you've got a winning bet. Really, the driving force behind this selection for me was the psychology, if you like, of how this group will stand when we go into this game. I think both teams will see this as a must-win game. Um, Wales obviously got a point on the board against the United States, which puts them in a useful position, but they know that they've got England coming up in their last match and they know the chances of getting points out of that game are obviously going to be relatively small. So they will see this as their must-win match, the game where they'd be expecting even before the tournament to get three points. And if you're Iran, 
You've lost your opening game to uh, England. You've got the USA coming up in your final match, which is going to be tricky. Maybe they'll see it more as a must-get-something game than a must-win match. But essentially, once that first match is out of the way, we do sometimes see a change of approach in the second group matches. And to a slight degree, that's what I'm expecting to see here. So I think there'll be more risks taken by both teams at some point in this match. I think they'll have to. Um, if it's nil-nil, Wales will have to take risks. If Wales are behind, Wales will have to take risks. If Iran are behind, Iran will have to take risks. So, you know, there's no waiting around here. There's no, well, we've got two more games to go. And that should affect uh, the way the game the game it gets played. So in terms of quality, obviously, there's question marks against both of these two sides from what we've already seen from them, um, especially Iran. But, you know, that can play both ways in the goals markets. Yes, it might mean there's question marks about whether they've got the quality to score the goals to make this a winning selection. But then there's also the question of mistakes. Yeah, I think both teams will have to be a little bit more positive here uh, than they were in the opening stages, certainly. Maybe we'll see late goals, late chances if one team is behind. So as a secondary market, maybe look at uh, more goals towards the end of this game than, than early on in the game. I'll tell you guys, it is a far cry from the MLS season that we just had, uh, where if you saw two and a half total, you could just comfortably bet that over and knew that you were going to come out ahead on the course of the season. The goals have been few and far between here so far in the World Cup, but I really like that bet here. You're getting that push protection on the two, and the reality is there's a very good chance that both Wales and the United States know that this this group stage and who is going to advance in this tournament is going to come down to which team beats up Iran the hardest. And Wales is going to have to come out. They're going to have to play with that goal differential in mind in the event that the U.S., even if they don't get a point versus uh, versus England, Wales has them in the third matchup. And that's not a tantalizing option to have your World Cup life on the line. And I think you're completely right here. Both of these teams, Iran knows that a loss and they're done. They're going to be going all out trying to get a goal here. Wales is going to be trying to rack up as many as I can. they can. This matchup is really conducive to an over, and the fact that you can get it at two is a pretty great price. And we saw from Taremi that his ability to finish a half chance yeah. uh, shows that yeah. Iran can get on the score sheet in this uh, game. I wonder if Kiefer Moore will start after his impressive, uh, very effective at least, uh, cameo mm -hmm. against the US the other night. Uh, when Dan James is actually preferred uh, for that game. Uh, let's go to another game on Friday. We've got four games on Friday, and we've got a pick from each one of them. So the next one is uh, the Netherlands versus Ecuador. Uh, uh, this Tom, this is one of your picks. I'll quickly mention this before we get into your pick and why. Enne Valencia is a major doubt, I think, uh, after he scored his two goals uh, in the opening game against Qatar. He has got a knee injury, came off in the game, and I think I saw it was being reported by Supersport. I mean, you're in you're in Cape Town at the moment, James. So you might be more informed than I. But uh, the, after they reported that, but Enne Valencia's uh, in a bit of bother, so might not play. Uh, Louis Van Hal, after the Dutch won uh, by two goals to nil against Senegal, said there was some tension amongst his players uh, going into the match, and that's why they were perhaps not at their free flowing best. Tom, what's your pick and why? I'm going with the over two and a half here. I think that this is going to be another case of a game where both of these teams want to get some points on the board, especially the Netherlands after that nervy start against Senegal in their first game. They're going to be looking to come out here and be a little more established. I think we might see a little more Memphis to pie than we did in the first game where he yeah. came on as a sub. 
I, I, I expect him to be a little more involved in this game. And I like what they, what he can bring to the table for the Netherlands here. And I, I also, I really like this Ecuador team. I picked them to advance out of the group pre-tournament, uh, especially with the news that Sadio Mane wasn't going to play. I think this Ecuador squad is very much kind of like the U.S. It's a young group that already has eyes looking forward to 2026, but they can still make some noise in this tournament here. Not having Enter Valencia would really, really hurt for this, but it's not really going to dissuade me here because I do think that Ecuador is still capable of getting a goal, and I see the Netherlands being able to win this match. I see this being one of the few goal-scoring games that we've seen so far where it's going to be a little more fun and we see like maybe a 2-1 victory. Yeah, just very quickly to follow up on that, Rob, we, we've seen a stat kicking around today about the low number of shots uh, in games at the World Cup so far. I, I like, like Tom on this, I don't read a huge amount into that because as the group stage progresses, as I've said with, with one of my tips, you do see a change in approach because you have to have a change in approach. You, you move nearer to the do or die scenario. So I think with those type of stats, the, the important thing to think is, well, how does it compare to this stage of the last World Cup rather than the last World Cup as a whole? Are we having fewer shots at the moment than the last World Cup as a whole? Well, apparently we are. Have we had quite a few nil-nil draws? Well, we have. But I think it's important to compare like with like. And um, yeah, Tom has picked out a game here with, you know, an over 2.5 goals uh, bet. Very quickly in major tournaments, you see a change in dynamic and it, it gets forgotten, you know, how that maybe how the tournament started. So yeah, I don't disagree at all with the idea that we might start to see some more open matches with more goals as we as we progress through this group stage. Well, look, I believe what Tom says, because he does his calculations. He's shown us in the WhatsApp group. Scribblings on a whiteboard. They look like the, the mathematical ramblings of a madman. There it is. It, it, yep, there it is. It's right here. I've got them. Though These are the calculations <laughs> from today's games. But if you want me to walk you walk it through it real quick, basically all I'm doing here is trying to calculate house edge. Um, and it, it's something that we preach at unabated. You want to make plus EV bets. You want to make the bets that are going to give you that advantage over the house instead of betting into a line where you're betting into like a 4% hold here. And a lot of what I'm doing for this World Cup tournament, it's a lot of what I did in Major League Soccer. I'm not betting teams, I'm betting prices. And what I'm doing right now, these were for the games today, but basically all you do is to calculate the house edge, you want to take the odds for the game, convert them into uh, percent probabilities. And then all you have to do is you have to identify your source of truth. For me, I'm using the lines from Pinnacle. They're what's considered an incredibly sharp book. I'm using that as my source of truth. I did mine a little bit wrong. I forgot to take out the VIG, so my edge is a little bit inflated on those. But you take that, you divide it by the edge of the market price that you're trying to bet into, in our case on Bet Rivers, and then you subtract one to get your percentage. And then right there, all you have, right there, you have your edge for that game. And so I'm trying to find some of those prices where I think they're a little bit mismatched and I can get a little bit of an edge betting on Bet Rivers compared to what I think the market should be. Yeah, you can get more from Tom, as we mentioned, on unabated.com as well. Okay, I like that, Tom. I like that a lot. Okay, two more games to get to, one each. Um, we'll get your, your thoughts on this. Might have to be a little bit quicker, but no major rush here. Qatar versus Senegal. This is the other game in Group A, of course. Senegal beaten by the Netherlands. I mean, despite their flat performance, a brilliant result, actually. For the Dutch to win their opening game uh, 2-0. And uh, Qatar, you know, they, they sort of look like what I thought many people likely expected them to be. James, this is your pick, so let's have it. 
Yeah, my pick is Senegal uh, minus one on the Asian handicap here against Qatar at plus 108. Basically, Rob, it's a bet on Senegal to win the game here because if they win by a single goal, you get your stakes back. If they if they do push on and win by two or more goals, uh, then you've got a winning bet. So you can only not win here if Senegal failed to win. And I do think they'll win. Um, I think that maybe is a question mark against whether they've got the quality in front of goal to win big. But you've got the safety net, as I say here anyway, if they win by a single goal. And, you know, you can look at this in so many ways, but really in simple terms, the way I looked at this game was, if you combine these two squads and pick to starting 11, I think it would be, be 11 Senegalese. Senegal players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a big gap in quality here. And we saw that in a way that Qatar played in their first game. I think we saw it to a degree in the way Senegal played against the Netherlands. They played, played very well. So I think the issue is, will they get the job done? Uh, even if they are dominant, which they almost certainly will. There's obviously a question mark about their finishing with no Sadio Mane, which costs them you know, in penalties as well as in open play. I think they'll be okay. I think you know, by hook or by crook, they will eventually get the win here. Um, I think the quality on the wings is pretty good with Crepin Diata, who you know, we know from Monaco on one side and his Mailer star on, on the other side. Possibly there's a question mark against Boulay Dia as a finisher at this level. Um, I, I personally quite like Bamba Dieng at Marseille, who is is on the bench for Senegal. May come on, may start in this game. We, we, we'll just have to wait and see. But in simple terms, I do think the quality gap here is so significant that it would be, for me, a major surprise for Senegal to not win the game. And with this bet, as long as they win the game, you're not going to lose anything. So very happy to back Senegal here to to get three points, and as I say, on the Asian handicap, minus 1.0 uh, on that market is is my pick. Okay, Diallo thought... and Kuyate are doubts, by the way, uh, for Senegal uh, for this game with muscle and ankle injuries, respectively. Uh, Tom, forgive me, I'm going to rattle through to your final pick, if that's all right, which is France-Denmark, because we've got you here with a pick, and James, French football expert. So I think let's get into a bit of depth of this one. Uh, we've seen the news that Lucas Hernandez is, uh, is out now, very serious injury. Uh, they picked up in the in the concession of that goal to Australia, but they did win. And you like this team, Tom. So do you like them enough to back them against Denmark? Um, I tell you, I did yesterday when we were putting out these numbers, but the number on France yesterday was minus 110. Now at minus 120, I'm not as keen Ooh. to back them in this spot. You've lost that edge a little bit. Um, I, I, I still kind of like them, but I don't want to toss out all of my priors about Denmark going into this tournament based on one game here. Obviously, Denmark did not have the greatest start, and France was able to tear through Australia after that after that uh, initial shakiness. Um, I, I'm probably going to stay away on the money line here, but what I do still really like, the over two and a half. Again, this is just okay. comparing to the Pinnacle lines right now. At Pinnacle, it's plus 115, and here at Bet Rivers, it's plus 125. I like that 10 set advantage that I'm getting. It's not a massive edge. It's not the world's biggest, but it's probably somewhere around 4%. Um, I'm a broadcaster, not a math guy. So please don't come after me if that math is wrong. <laughs> but there, it, you do have a slight, you do have a slight advantage here on the over two and a half. And I like the fact that France has looked very ready to score. Again, I still like Olivier Giroud up top there. And I think that we do see a better showing from Denmark here. Yeah, I think the goals is a great pick on this game, which I don't have a pick on the match. I think France's left side, Rob, is looking fantastic. You know, Lucas Hernandez being out for the tournament, I, I don't think makes France any weaker. I think his brother potentially is a better fit with Kylian Mbappe on that left-hand side. Looks like Kylian Mbappe will be playing left wing for France in this tournament because, of, as Tom said, Giroud up front. 
My misgivings about France, for all that I was very pleased to see them get a winning start, is the midfield. I think a 4-2-3-1 for France with four genuine attackers on the pitch. Don't disagree with it as a team selection at all, but it is very un-Didier Deschamps. I think he's been almost forced into this by circumstance. And I think a two-man midfielder of Aurelien Tremeni, who's a great player, but inexperienced at international level, and Adrian Rabiot, it concerns me against better sides. I know Rabiot had probably his best ever game for France uh, against Australia with a goal and a, an assist. He's finally stepped up at international level and produced one big performance. So, yeah, hats off to him for that. But I do feel that those two being the only two in midfield with Griezmann dropping back, it was fantastic, I thought, at doing that against Australia. But I do think it leaves them very open. And I think the partnership of Varane, who should come back for this game, and Upper Meccano is almost completely untested at international level. It does suggest that if France are to progress in this tournament, they're going to do it through their attacking strength rather than the defensive quality. So it does lend itself towards the goals markets on France's matches. Um, so, yeah, if I, if I was having a pick here, I think the overs goals looks looks a good one. Uh, interesting, you mentioned the midfield as well, because I do think that's a very strong Denmark central midfield, really. And quite an industrious one with Thomas Delaney, Pierre-Emil Hoybier, and then the guile of Eriksson. So that's going to be a very interesting uh, matchup. They actually played with three at the back the other day, Denmark. So we'll see what they what they do for this one in their goal of straw with Tunisia. Okay, gents, we're nearly up. We need to do this relatively quickly. Your favourite picks are the picks you've mentioned uh, this week. And Tom, you can go first for us. As much as I want to let you guys know that soccer's coming home this weekend with the USA money line, I'm going to take that France over two and a half goals. Yeah. Okay. James, you. Yeah, my, my main pick for the week, uh, Rob, is the Senegal pick. Senegal minus one uh, on the Asian handicap against Qatar, which is available at plus 108. Uh, James, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Bring it on match day two, groups A to D at the World Cup. That's all we've got time for. All prices are available at the Bet Rivers website. Follow the guys at Because We Win for more tips. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.